You're with Clement Maniatella. 702. So we do our second installment now of our new series, CEO Conversations. That's what we call this series, uh, CEO Conversations. This is where I bring in CEOs from uh, big industries in the country to have a conversation about this country, about the challenges, um, about the economy, and uh, how all of this impacts on their business and their future business operations. Because the challenges that are throttling businesses, they actually impact not only on the businesses, but broadly on the economy. And that has an impact on the future operations of these businesses. And that has an impact on job creation, um, which is why I'd like to hear from the CEOs even about the solutions that they think can be implemented by this government and what role they're playing as the private sector. So last week we spoke to the Group CEO of Standard Bank, Sim Chabalala. And today I'm joined by the Volkswagen South Africa CEO, Martina Bina, who's actually the managing director and chairperson of Volkswagen Group South Africa. This is a company, it's a German company that has been manufacturing cars in South Africa since 1951. Martina, thank you so much for making time for us. Good morning. Good morning and great pleasure. Thank you for having me. I just want us to start off by getting your assessment of the state of the country right now and its leadership. What are your thoughts? So, um, specifically after uh, after Thomas's interview, that's from a VW perspective. Now, after Thomas's interview uh, in uh, I think it was the month of November, mm. I'll see um, uh, uh, an attempt. To, to really um, assist us as, um, as a brand. So uh, we, we had, we, I see politicians being, being open to interactions. I see also politicians coming and asking how they can help. So um, there's still a lot of things to be fixed. I mean, load shedding did not go away. Um, uh, transport uh, and logistics is, is, still, is still where it is. But I, I seriously see a, an attempt to to mm. help us fixing the issue. So yeah. it's uh, it's not going away, or it's not a, it's not gone. But um, I'll see drive in trying at least. Yeah. So th- those challenges that you mentioned, that as companies you're experiencing, and I think they're, they're throttling a lot of businesses. How do they affect your company specifically? So you see the um, the manufacturers, the OEMs in the Eastern Cape, which is uh, or specifically in the Nelson Mandela Bay municipality, which is us uh, SVW, and then it's Isuzu and the Ford engine plant. We are not exempt from load shedding, um, and we don't have any load curtailment regulations or whatever. So the three of us, we are hit when it comes uh, to to stage five and uh, and and greater. So um, what it, and we've got a special agreement with the municipality. So at stage five, we'll have to close our plant, our three-shift operation. Uh, we'll have to close it for 24 hours, one out of eight days. Um, and with uh, stage six, we have to close it two out of uh, eight days. So that means we, we really have a lot of um, revenue losses. We'll have um, the, we had to send, or have to send the people home. Uh, they, they lose their, their salaries, their wages. So, and we can't build cars, and that puts us in a very uncompetitive situation amongst the OEMs in the country and also towards our headquarters. So what we are doing now is, we are for, and that it will be effective by March, is we rent generators to run our 14 megawatt operation in our three-shift uh, diesel generators. 
So that costs me for two years 130 million rand, which um, I have now to sell to headquarters. So instead of uh, let's invest in a school or let's um, let's invest in the new product or whatever, I'll first invest 130 million rent, uh, renting generators to keep my operations going. So that's, mm. that, that does not really help our situation. And, and as I said, it also doesn't lend well that there is a bit of, um, uh, yeah, that, that it's, it's that we are not treated all in the same way. Yeah. And, and how are you impacted by, by the national railways and, and ports networks? Because, I mean, you, you are producing vehicles. You need to move them to markets. That requires energy. It requires transport logistics. So um, we, we are, and I must give credit to the Port Elizabeth port where our uh, roll-on, roll-off operations, so the fully built units uh, go, through, go to the boat and come from the, from the boat. So this port is operating um, quite well. So we are, we are very happy with the port we are having. What is not so great for us is um, the access to the main market in the domestic market, which is Gauteng province. So mainly 70% of our vehicles for the domestic market go to, to Gauteng province. And we would love to use the Southern Corridor for that. Also, we would love to use the Southern Corridor for the Amarok produced by Ford to come back uh, to, to ship them for exports. But the Southern Corridor is almost non-operational. So there is no reliable um, rail uh, system currently to use. So that it's, we'll, have to, we'll have to transport the majority of our vehicles by trucks. Mm. That adds costs uh, approximately 45 euros uh, per, per unit. Um, we'll, we'll, add, uh, we'll, we'll add CO2 in the overall equation because now you go to trucks. I think one train equals 200 odd trucks. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and you know, the, 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 the roads in the Eastern Cape are not the best and they don't get better by trucks constantly being uh, on the road. So, so that's, that's more for the domestic markets a challenge. We become unreliable to our customers because there's not enough truck capacity for all of us. So, um, but, but really, biggest challenge for us is load shedding. Second biggest is transport mm. and logistics. It, it sounds to me like this is some kind of an erosion of the domestic automotive industry's global com- competitiveness as a result of these challenges, of course. So what does it mean for the company's future operations? Can you expand operations under these conditions, so we are, we are trying to. So, and that's that's the point I'm trying to make. Like the entire last year, because first of all, our biggest competitor, talking now, is Volkswagen Group South Africa slash Volkswagen Group Africa. Our biggest competitor to secure investments to 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 have a future in South Africa is not other brands or what happens, but our biggest competitor is. Uh, other Volkswagen plants around the world who can potentially present a better business case Um, and and say, listen, if uh, Volkswagen invests in this country or in this country, this is what you can achieve. And that that really puts pressure on on us to sell the headquarter. Guys, um, we first have to invest 130 million rand in generators to provide the service we can provide to you to build the cars for export, uh, which, which which we are committed to. So that's that really doesn't lend well. Also, as I said, the unequal treatment uh, doesn't lend too well in, in, in my headquarter, but I'm, I'm still confident because I'm so passionate about Africa 
that will manage to explain them that the, there is a way to overcome the challenges and that, they, that, there, is, um, that there is a future. But some, we'll have to come to the party now. Have you ever considered, as, as VW, have you ever considered exiting South Africa? I mean, when a country in which you operate seems to be so slow in fixing these challenges that are so costly for businesses, including um, VW, that affects your operations. So what do you consider then as the company? Do you explore expanding then into other markets on the continent? And have you considered exiting South Africa? Um, I mean, as Thomas also was saying in November when he was here, we are, we are here for doing business. So we are not a charity. And I, I would say uh, the, the clock is ticking, if I can put it like that, to fix the basic conditions for us to do business. Um, uh, we, 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 love, we love South Africa. We've been here for 72 years. And the intention is to remain here for the next 72 years. But we'll, we'll need to see some tangible fixes soon. Otherwise, I don't manage to get the approval for that third product I've been talking about the, the last year. And you see it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. And part of it is the uncompetitive, current uncompetitiveness. Um, we'll, we'll see for us presenting a good business case to headquarter. Mm. Um, we, we see huge potential in Africa. And that's also a reason why South Africa as our entry gate to Africa is, is playing an important role. But we see also other countries moving fast in Africa to attract an industry. Mm. So um, it's, yeah, I can only again encourage, let's fix it here because the opportunities here are huge yeah. for, for us in the domestic market, for a industry which is developed super well. Um, it's just like we, we must not miss the train. Mm. Is there a concern about the competitive labor, labor costs in the country? Um, labor cost, no, labor cost is good. And that, that puts an advantage, uh, or that, that provides an advantage for South Africa. Mm. If we also now look again as, as Volkswagen into our operations in other parts of the world, labor cost is great, specifically for exports to Europe. We'll rather face the huge distance to Europe that logistics costs have been, uh, have become much more expensive. Um, due to increased diesel prices, due to the Ukraine war and the overall uh, political situation. But I think labor costs, for example, is still a, a good advantage to, for industries to be here. Mm. Why are you not moving closer as the business? Do, do you feel that the company is building cars in a, a less competitive environment, far from the real market where consumption is? Um, n not really. Our, we, we had another, we had a very great export year. Last year we, we, uh, we exported uh, roughly 101,000 vehicles. So that works well currently. Um, I think we don't play a role and that also would not change with moving closer. We don't play a, a, a huge role in Europe's further consideration of doing battery electric vehicles for Europe. But uh, we'll see, and Europe, talking Europe now as my headquarter, um, really have bought into our vision um, in Africa for Africa. Um, so I'll, I'll see the continent and also the country, uh, South Africa, remaining on, on uh, combustion engine vehicles for quite a time. So mm. for us, it would not make sense to build battery electric vehicles to export them to Europe. Uh, also given the fact that there is a lot of Volkswagen plants in Europe which could build them anyway and which are closer already. 
So mm. I'll see, I'll see, and that's why I'm also that's I'm that's why I'm also so passionate about the the African Association of Automotive Manufacturers and and became president. Now we wanna we wanna be we wanna be there and we wanna help to um, unlock the the potential of like the last frontier in automotive, which is Africa. Mm. What do you think stands between this country? and the potential it has to, to be a champion, to blossom? So, um, the, 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 and and when, we, when we talk to other African countries, and we now means not only Volkswagen, but really it's AAAM, we'll use the South African automotive policy and the, the wisdom which was put in back then um, as, as a good example also for African countries to, to use that policy framework so the, the, in, as, a, as a basis. So, for example, Egypt has now put, uh, put an uh, automotive policy in place and has taken probably 90% of, uh, of what South Africa put in the policy back then. Um, we had, yesterday we had visitors from Nigeria. Uh, again, the, the policy framework South Africa is probably the, a very good example to go there. So... In theory, it's all there. Uh, what is lacking is the is the execution on, and, and not saying on the automotive policy, but the execution in terms of providing a framework where business can operate, uh, where, where businesses can operate um, properly. And mm. that's that's not about like it's not about tax holidays or something. It's really it's about give us electricity, give us uh, a, a, a reasonable transport and logistics. Um, if the country would come better to back to a better uh, like uh, an exchange rate, that could also help because uh, the current exchange rate is not really it's good for exports, but it's not good for for domestic market. But it's it's not it's not that the country doesn't know what to do; it must just do it. I think. Do you think we have a leadership that is present and awake to these challenges? It, as I said, I'll. Um, after probably the the warning call, um, I'll experience a lot of interactions and like not on stage, but um, a lot of interactions with uh, with different politicians, uh, which make me make make me confident that um, that things will be fixed. And what do you think the role of business is in in fixing these challenges? Because it also needs to come to the party to help fix what is wrong. A hundred percent. So um, we, we at Volkswagen, we, we became, for example, recently a member of Business Leadership South Africa, BLSA, um, because for me that is a, a great, um, a great how, how to say, uh, businesses coming together who see the challenges but who also want to contribute to fix it. So um, that CEO pledge, uh, you might have seen 130 companies uh, kind of committing to South Africa as a country and committing to helping to fix it um, as much as we can. Um, I think that that's a strong that's a strong base also for the country that you've got um, a vast majority of businesses and that's across all industries being committed to help fix it, but. It's just like you can't you can't exploit that. Uh, I think great attitude of businesses to come to the party and not only mourn and complain. You can't you can't exploit that forever. And what do you think is is the relationship between business and government right now? Are you at loggerheads? I mean, when you hear a minister in the presidency accuse 
the private sector of engineering the collapse of the state, you've got to wonder how that relationship is. I, I am... Yeah, it's, it's probably sometimes it comes out of being 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 a bit helpless. So I I can confirm that the relationship we are having with uh, with a lot of ministries and areas uh, is is much better than portrayed probably in such a such a stage event. Probably that sometimes comes out of out of a bit of desperation, but uh, in, in the majority of interactions. Um, I'll see a, a good relationship between businesses and 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 the state, the country. All right, Martina Bine, managing director and chairperson of VW South Africa. Thanks for making time for us. Thank you. What do you think of what we've been hearing from these CEOs? They've got thoughts about what role they think the private sector can play. Uh, they've got some views about what government needs to do now. I think what's pretty clear is that whether you talk about the logistics bottlenecks, whether you talk about the energy crisis, that has a huge impact on these businesses and that is going to have an impact on their future operations in this country, which ultimately impacts on whether or not they're able to expand and create jobs, which is something we so desperately need. So this week was a conversation with the CEO at Volkswagen South Africa. We'll have another CEO next week at 10.30 as we do the third installment of this new series on CEO Conversations.